Blog Talk Radio. civil rights. 
I thought that we've made it past this point. I thought, maybe you thought, maybe we all thought that this thing was put behind us. Remember two years ago, conservative news shows as well as liberal news shows talked about racism almost being gone under the age of Obamanism. Under the age of Obama, I'm sorry. But how far has it gone? Can you blame President Obama on this? Is it, Can you blame anyone? Can you blame the NAACP? Who can you blame? These are some serious questions that need to be asked. These are some serious discussions that need to be talked about. The focus needs to be clear. The struggle is constant. It is. But part of the reason why we struggle so much, in my humble opinion, is because we never focus on the things that matter. We never really focus on creating a standard for ourselves. We never really focused on creating an ideology that suits us, that caters to who we are, our inner core. I always ask these questions to my friends, my family members. Where do you get your morality from? What book do you pick your morality up on? It's a lot of bickering and fighting amongst the men and the women in our community. The women feel like they've been wrong. The men feel like they've been wrong. But the one person who seems to escape the conversation time in and time out is Shay White. Just imagine sitting in your own country, minding your own business. Maybe things weren't perfect, but you knew who you were up against. You knew the terrain that you lived in. You knew the language. You knew the culture. You were free to roam. Somebody shows up, snatches you up, puts you on a boat. You go on this long journey. It's not a pleasant journey. It's nothing like Gilligan's Island. It's nothing like the love boat. People dying on the boat. People having to sleep in the same quarters where people are throwing up, urinating on themselves, defecating on themselves. People are committing suicide, jumping off the boats. And then you make it over here after this long journey, if you're lucky. Were you being sold to a strange person, taught a strange language, forced upon you a strange religion, and a strange set of morality? I have to ask the question when we say what we are to one another. Under whose morality are we saying this? Where do you get your moral set? Ladies and gentlemen, the moral set that you might be using might not be universally accepted. It might be universally forced on the back of colonialism, imperialism. But it might not be universally accepted. Why is it African-American men and women are the main ones fighting this whole gender war by ourselves? I saw a meme. What is it called? Memes, meme, something like that. Where the person, you know, the meme said, you know, how for us it's a badge of honor to be the only black person in the room. We think that's big. Now just imagine... How we how we translate that into gender. How we're picking who we're going to date, who we're going to mate with, who we're going to marry. Based off those assumptions. Based off somebody giving somebody a job. Nobody is saying, hey, I have to be married to a business owner. That's not even a, I, I should say nobody. Very few people are saying that. See, that's not part of the criteria anymore. Our criteria is what white folks tell us our criteria is supposed to be. Then we start using these words that we learn in their schools. 
We start diagnosing each other with these things that they diagnose themselves with. And we don't even understand it. Brother Amos Wilson speaks about how we are possessed spiritually and mentally. And I believe him. You gotta be you, you gotta be privy to some of the conversations that I have with brothers and sisters. All the way to the left, to all the way to the right, the truth is somewhere in the middle, and nobody wants to get into the middle to discuss what the issue is. I'm sorry, I can't excuse everything the sisters do. I just can't. I can't excuse everything brothers do. I just can't. But I'm certainly not for the back and forth of the fighting while we're struggling to make this progress. And what is the progress? What does it look like? Is it cool if everybody got a job that's black? Is that our goal? We need our unemployment to be higher. I mean, to be lower. Well, does it help us out if most of the people that's employing us are not institutions that are controlled, or started by us, does that still help our cause? And how long do we want the unemployment to be down for? It's the holiday season. A lot of people getting hired temporary jobs, right? A lot of companies are still merging corporations. People are getting laid off. You black, you might be the last hired first fired. Now just imagine that's happening to you in your life. And you're a woman and you're a man, and in turn, you have children that you're trying to provide for. Your last hired, first fired. Meaning, hey, if you're last hired, you probably are, you're coming to the job in debt. You're coming in already in debt. You got a couple bills that you're past due on. You're trying to make those ends meet. You've been sold this bill of goods. All you need to do is pay your tithes, pray to your God. Be courteous, be nice to white folks, right? Eat your vitamins. <laughs> You've been sold that bill of goods like everybody else. It works for white people, works for the people on the movies. But you go in there, you're already struggling. Already. You're already dealing with your own issues. But it's even tougher when you don't have your own morality. When your morality is based off your oppressor's moral code, this is why it's so hard for us to progress. Because we're not setting the standard, the bar. I see it locally all the time. First time somebody get killed, got to have a march. And then after the march, there's another march. And after that march is another march. Never mind the economic issues. Never mind the education that's lacking from our children. Never mind that. See, because we are not controlling the dialogue. We are not controlling the playbook. Just imagine you're playing on a football team for all you NFL lovers out there. You're playing on a football team. You're playing in the Super Bowl. The play callers for your team is the opposing team. They're going to tell you what plays to run, what plays not to run, and how to defend against them. Do you really think they got your interest? Do you? I can't buy half of what my people are selling because a lot of what our people are selling, it sounds a lot like what white folks have already sold us. Boiled meat, white God, and corrupt morals. I got a caller. Welcome to Rat Radio. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. All right, caller. You got something you want to say? 
Yeah, this is uh, Reese from Georgia. Hey, how you doing, brother Reese? I'm good. Um, to me, uh, progress is is difficult because of um, what I call individuality, and um, so it's like if you talk to to, to any black person, right, and they want to see the black community progress, but never at the expense of what they've quote unquote worked hard for. You know what I mean? So Right, right. Um yeah, like like for me, you can't, you know, keep that good cushy job and that nice cushy house that, you know, white that white America has provided for you by, you know, working for for, for white America and, and at the same time, you know, say fuck white America. You know what I mean? So Right. It's just like uh just like, well, I want to see the black community uh, progress, but not at the expense of my $100,000 job, not at the expense of my, you know, $250,000 house, not at the expense of my Mercedes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so people are more concerned about their own well-being and their own status, you know what I'm saying, because pretty much they would have to give all that stuff back in order um, to progress forward with the entire community and raise the entire community uh, at at one point. And so one of my favorite quotes uh, is, no one man can rise above the condition of his people. Mm. No, that's definitely true. You know what, and, and that's the problem. You know, we, we're so much, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about, brother, is, you know, it's, it's this whole act of who we, whose playbook are you are you running your your plays off of, right? Remember when New England got caught cheating Spygate, right? Yeah. They knew the plays that the other team was gonna run before they ran them. They always made sure that the Super Bowl was close. They only won by three points, but they knew how to defend the most crucial plays, and they kept it close. That's what's yeah. going on now with us African Americans. We can never figure out, man, how are these people always one step, two step, three steps ahead of us? Well, that's because they're calling the plays. They're calling yeah. the plays. And when they're calling the plays, and then you go into what you're saying about our morality as far as, hey, you know what, I, I want this progress. I just don't want to lose what I got. And then you start yeah, exactly. finding fault. Then, then we start finding fault with the people who are trying to get us over the hill. This is this is part of the reason why Marcus Garvey couldn't take us where he wanted to take us. It was too many of us that said, "Hey man, look. <laughs> I like what this white man is giving us." Uh you 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 talking about going back to Africa. Man, I don't know nobody over there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but like what's crazy is, right? Yeah, and it's like um I notice how reluctant, right? How reluctant black people are to to pick up the move. Um, but you know, what I'm saying it's like white people conquered the globe, right? So they came out of right. Britain and Europe, and they came down to Africa. They conquered Africa, and they they moved their families and everything to Africa. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's like they're there's white people that will say they're from South Africa. You see what I'm saying? Because they was born there, raised there, because their grandparents was there. You see what I'm saying? Right. But 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 their heritage is Dutch or German or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they picked up their families and moved to South Africa. Right. And 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 pretty much made that their home. And you know, us blacks over here are scared to pick up and move to Jamaica or move to Haiti or move back to Africa. You see what I'm saying? Right. No, 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 that that perfectly makes sense. And see, that part of the reason is because we've been fed so much of the uh, advertisement that these places, uh, you know, are, are savages. You know, they tell you about all the sickness. They tell you about yeah. all the death. They tell you about all the wars. They tell you about all the disease. They tell you everything bad about these countries possible to make you say, hey, man, this is the place for me. But in the end, you have to ask yourself, man, okay, well, if it's the place for you, how how are we fair? And if we're not faring, we need to ask ourselves why. And why is everything else so deadly for us, 
but it's not so deadly for white folks. White folks yeah, are always exactly. right there in the middle with some with something that's going on as deadly. But exactly. you know because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you go to Jamaica or you go to Haiti or you go to any of these countries in Africa, there's gonna be white people there. Oh yeah, oh man, listen, <laughs> I was just in Mexico last year, and uh, this this little this little island that we were on in Mexico. Uh, you know, white folks was there. You know, a white man had the biggest uh, mansion out there, right? Yeah. So they, so they, so they're everywhere, and they're everywhere. They, they go everywhere to prop themselves up as kings and queens. We're the ones who are scared to take the risk based yeah. off of the misinformation that we've been given and the programming. And that's the one thing as a people we haven't learned yet. You can't take everything that these folks tell you at face value. You can't you you can't just take what they say and the advertisement where everything else is just bad and everything that they got here for us is oh so good. Well if that's the case then how come we're still doing bad? Explain to me why we're doing bad. The same moral set I ask these sisters that be telling me about how religious they are in church. Well, man, if all that stuff they said about what's supposed to happen in that Bible is true and you're following the code, how come you're still so damn miserable? Because it got to be something to it. If you're still yeah. miserable and code to attack, or you, you got the education, and you got all this stuff that they told you. See, because this is the thing that we don't understand. We follow their blueprint, and then we still find misery. And notice, yeah, exactly. the people amongst us who do not follow their blueprint. The people that's amongst us that are not uh, so fooled by the the false morality that they're giving us, out of us they seem to be the most happiest. That's something, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, because, something that, that has to be said. Yeah, because their blueprint is to simply, you know, uh, amass material possessions. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 so it's like you get your ha- like you get your happiness from having more than the next person. You know what I mean? So right. uh, I, I mean, but that can only supply so much, you know, what I'm saying? so much gratification. You know what I'm saying? Because like, right. um, you know, so most black people, it's like, okay, you're doing so, so you know, like, like let's say you make a hundred grand a year. You know what I mean? Like you, you're doing better than most black people, but you know, compared to a lot of white people, that's the average. You know, this is normal. You know what I'm saying? So right. When you look back on on kind of where you come from, you can smile. But then when you look where you at, it's kind of like okay, well, I still have the you know, it's like even though I, I have a nice house, well, my my house is the crappiest. It's on the block, so you know. Right. Now I feel sad because I'm trying to keep up with this next person that's next door that just got this or got that. And and that's the whole goal is to keep you in that consumption mind. So you got to keep being the consumer. You got to keep thinking like the consumer. And, you know, you find out. They've, they've done studies where they say, hey, the person with the biggest house are normally more miserable. The people in the, yeah. the biggest beds, hey, they're more miserable. Big does not mean necessarily happiness. Yeah. Because what like, happens uh, with us as African, African Americans is we get comfortable in our own individual setting. We're not meant to be antisocial. That's not that's that antisocial African American does not coincide with happiness. It's not something yeah. I'm saying for the sake of saying. Look, people check out the studies. Check out the studies. We are a social people by nature. That's a part of who we are. So when we start buying into the things that they're selling us, and this is why we struggle so much. Because here's the thing: notice with everything that we do, when you talk about progress, when we talk about Hey, uh, over the past 30 years, uh, what has held us back? The first thing you start talking, the first thing you point to is the decay of the family. And the reason yeah. why you point to the decay of the family is because if the family is decayed nine times out of ten, somebody is set in isolation. Well, if you're isolated from your family and that takes away from your happiness, I don't care how much money they throw at you. If you can't have a family to share the money with, then the money don't really mean much. So we're teaching our children to chase the money. Uh, if you if you meet a family and you say, hey, man, this brother and sister, they got six kids. Well, they might be married with six kids. Somebody, one of us is going to say, man, that's a lot of kids. And then the next line is going to be, well, man, how would all those six kids, how were they going to, and this is the words I've heard, health of, how can they help, uh, nurture these children 
in a helpful manner. And my thing is, well, wait a minute. You're telling me now there's a problem because a man wants to have more than two and a half kids and a white picket fence and a dog? Yeah. Where do we get that from? It's about yeah, like med school. They've done research. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, like uh, I'm saying, like, like for me, you know what I'm saying, I make I make pretty good money, right? And so I tell my girl all the time, you know what I'm saying. I'm like, look, I'm like, you know what I'm saying. So I work for you know a a a, a white corporation, and I'm just like, look, you white folks giving me this money, I, I'm not in a rush to just run and give it back to them. You know what I'm saying, like. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She wanna go out and, you know, buy the, you know, the Audi truck and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, look, man, yes yes, we can afford it. But, you know, it's just like it's not something I need, you know what I mean? Like like right. to me it's just it's just it's just blowing money just to blow it. Yeah, you got you, you definitely gotta be careful with that because that see that's the new thing, you know, that that's what they want us to do because the whole role is for us to just be the consumers. You know, no, yeah. no one wants us to. No one wants us to come out and actually have anything. You know, it's, it's all about us being the consumer. As yeah, long as like, we it's, consume, go ahead, brother. It's like you, you can't build a black community when every person in the community is spending all their resources on Mercedes and you know, Gucci and and all this stuff. No, you can't. And, and it's and and just imagine. Those of us who are doing that at a higher clip are the most educated out of us, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So you got You have to think about that. You know, the most educated amongst us is, is, is fell into the trap. What does that say about? Because poor people, man, for better or for worse, poor people want what, what what they feel like rich people have. That's always yeah. going to be that way. But when you when, when you have that, and 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 that's really the American uh, key to success is hey, the more material stuff you buy. Uh, the more, uh, really, to be honest, more isolation you put yourself in, the more happy you'll be. And this is why so many of our our people uh, suffer. And, you know, I'm always trying to explain that to, to folks all the time. Like, hey, you might think, you know, that, that this stuff, you know, is helping you progress. There is no progress in having material things. The progression starts with family. Progression starts with community. You know, if you really want to uh, be happy and be healthy, build people up around you. Uh, instead of saying negative things about those people all the time, just, hey, speak positive vibes. Be positive. Get out and do positive things. Build the people up around you. Uh, make those people feel as if they are as special as you feel about yourself. When everyone around you in your circle can are good financially, spiritually, uh, and mentally, and physically, then you're doing something. If you're the only yeah, one, man, you are in isolation, and you're going to be knocked off that board quick. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 funny that you say isolation. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like these these upscale neighborhoods. You know what I mean? It's like I honestly hate them, man. Because it's just like uh, like if you go and ride through an upscale neighborhood. You won't see anybody, right? Because nobody's outside. Nobody's, you know, say like, like there. It it isn't a community at that point. It's just like, well, this family lives here and they and they stay in their house. You know what I mean? But it's like when you right. go through poor areas, everybody's out. Everybody's conversing. Everybody's, you know, mingling, moving back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Like like right. a community should. Exactly. Exactly. And and see, and that's the thing. That's the catch right there, right, brother? It's you know, being able to move in those circles, feel comfortable about that movement and being able to do and be able to do you. You know, and, and that's that's when we're the most healthy is, is when we're in our natural habitat and we're able to converse with each other, we're we're able to be thoughtful towards each other, we're able to do those things that make us a community. Not when we get a plethora of money, we isolate ourselves, um, you know, you know, we 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 like to be in these situations, and and part of it is because we don't know how to really choose our allies. I want to read this by Dr. Clark. I wanted to read this because this is what sparked this show today. Um, it's it's uh, on the 
virtual, you can look up John Henry Clark Virtual Museum. I go all the time. I read these essays over and over again because I'm trying to figure out what brother is coming from, and it's pretty deep. Here's part of what he said. He said, if there's one thing that can be said about black people that has caused a lot of pain, and yet it's historically true, is that politically we are one of the most naive of people. We have been taken in by practically everything and everybody that has come to us. I think this taking in and this betrayal has something to do with both our weakness and our strength. He says, if you find the strength of a people, you'll find their weakness because the two are closely related. He said, we have been hospitable to strangers, nearly always to the wrong strangers. Nearly all of our relationships with non-African people began with a dinner invitation. More than anyone else in the world, repeatedly invited our future conquerors to dinner. I'm going to be dealing with the black and white alliances going back 2,500 years. If you finish out the essay, it is written out beautiful. He talks about Christianity. Christianity. He talks about Islam. He talks about what happened inside of Egypt. But I think that's very important to fast forward to today and see how we always get swallowed up in these movements. Somebody comes up with a movement, we join it, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, what was Occupy the Hood, whether it's the 1% or the 99% movement, whether it's Black Lives Matter. We get caught up in these movements, and I'm not knocking Black Lives Matter or anything like that because, hey, it's a slogan. To say Black Lives Matter, man, look, Definitely, we do. Uh, definitely, we need people out there boy, uh, voicing their opinions. But the flip side of it is we need an economic blueprint. We need an education blueprint. We need a spiritual awakening, and we don't need that from our conquerors. We don't need to yeah. invite them in because all these groups and all these things that I've named, we go back from the NAAC, to the NAACP, the Urban League, you name all of these groups. And somehow, some way, we've been infiltrated. Whatever the mission was has been tainted. Or maybe the missions even started off tainted in the beginning. But it's all because we don't know how to pick the alliance because our weakness is that we love everybody. Yeah. yeah we're the people that, you know, get a boot to the face and, you know, yeah, can't we all just get along? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, just think about uh, the situation in South Carolina uh, where the brother, uh, I mean, the church got gunned down. Yeah. The church that Brother Denmark Vesey started, right? I mean, that AME church had history, right? Yeah. But we ask for forgiveness. Man, as soon as you see white folks get anything happen with anybody that's non-white, they want revenge. Yeah. They don't want they don't want everybody to come together and pray. They don't want those things. Now, now when folks might say, well, man, you just said that you don't want us using their morality. Right. I'm not saying that you can't pray for those who died. I can't say you, you, you could even pray for people who might die in the future. But we don't always need to pray for the person who is praying on us. Yeah, but I don't, we don't need that. I, I, I mean, to me, we don't have their morality. We have we have the morality that they want us to have, and they have a totally different morality, right? So, right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like white people, you know, conquered the globe, right, through war and, you know, and, and whatever, you know what I'm saying, doing horrible, despicable things to people. But right. if, you, if, if you turn around and you want to take it back, in the same way that they took it, they're going to call you a savage. And, you know what I'm saying? So if, if I'm going to destroy you, then I'm going to put morality on you to say, hey, well, you know, destroying people is bad. Right. And, you know, and, and that's the main thing, though. You know, because what is, I destroy you, you fight me, you're the criminal. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's the thing that so many of us have um, bought into. And I was going to say, you think the chicken ever prays for the fox? You ever think the chicken? 
the chicken <laughs> in, the, in, 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 in the coop is praying that the fox make it safe through the woods. Yeah. You know, you you ever think that the that the uh, that the <laughs> the fish is praying for the bear? Make sure that the bear make it through the winter, so he can be right here at the end of the stream trying to bite my head <laughs> off, claw me to death. Exactly. So we we our problem is that we have what I call slave morality. It's slave morality. It's their morality because they gave it to us. They gave it yeah. to us because it's the morality that fits the slaves. You know, if you watch anything, I, I, I always point this out to my wife and anybody else. I say, hey, man, if you ever watch uh, how white people portray themselves on television, it's okay for the white man to conquer. The white man is all right conquering. Yeah. white woman cheers him on. He got black friends that cheer him on. Man, he sleep with all the women. He He conquers all the nation. He gets all the money. Man, he might cause the chaos, but still is the hero because he saves the day. Just imagine that. You cause the problem, and then you fix the problem that you caused, and you're still labeled a hero. Nobody else can do that but the white man. <laughs> and and part of it is because everybody else that's fawning over what, what he does is using his moral code. You know, that's why they have so many, that's why they have a lot of issues with the Chinese. People who have liberated themselves financially from them, liberated themselves from them spiritually and mentally, who can objectively look at it and say, man, that bullshit y'all talking, man, I don't see, hey, that's some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I work on the Negroes over there, but they ain't working on us. Exactly. And, And that's when true true negotiation happens, right? So, like, to me, I always say, well, like, we were, like, you know what I'm saying, like, Lincoln may have signed the emancipation or whatever, but, but, you know what I'm saying, like, they just gave us something. Like, there wasn't a negotiation, like, it was black people sitting at the table saying, hey, we want this, you know what I'm saying, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Now, with other groups of people, right, and, and, and what makes them valuable is, well, we got something that you want, and we got the power where you can't just come and take it. So you got to negotiate with us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So they bring they bring the Saudis to the table. They bring the Chinese to the table. They bring the Japanese to the table. They bring the Indians to the table. But for us, we really don't have anything they want at this point besides our labor. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, there's, there's, there's no need to bring us to to the table to negotiate anything because you know we've taken everything from y'all already. No, that that's very true, and you know, and that's that's what hurts the most is that no one does, no one has to negotiate with us because at the end of the day, we we pretty much willfully given up everything that we possibly could have. We pretty much said, hey. If you want it, you got it. You know, hey, yeah. there's, there's nothing because that's what slaves do. When you're thinking like a slave, even if you're thinking that you're advancing yourself, that's how you think. That's why it's so little progress. That's why we, we opt to march in place. That's why we opt to say, well, man, listen, we just need you to let us into your your your, uh, your institutions of education instead of saying, wait a minute, hold on a second. Technically, you're supposed to be financing our own institutions. Uh, you know, yeah. we we got institutions that we're paying tax dollars to. You yeah, know, because there's a lot of uh, we we don't ask for our institutions to be better. We ask to get into their institutions. We don't ask yeah. for we, we we talk about police brutality, but we're not talking about creating a security team to protect our own communities that are not nonprofit. These these things yeah. are nonprofit. Uh, you know, it's trained by people who look like us, people that you can actually trust. Get the landlords in the community to say, hey, your property owner, the people who live in this community look like me. You need me so we can keep this thing. Down. Hey, look, you can pretty much price out the police force if you want to. Trust me, yeah. you can. Our people just have not been able to think progressively enough because what truly happens is that once we are caught in the crosshairs, we get back to thinking like a slave. 
Yeah, we get back the, to thinking. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, like the Chinese don't have to go out there and march. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, either, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, our country is strong enough to go to war with you, and we also don't have to come out and march for rights when, you know what I'm saying, when the, a random Chinese person get gunned down because, well, we can just stop We can just stop selling y'all this because y'all really need this. Right. And, 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 that's what we, and that's yeah, that's what we need to get back to. Yeah. Well, for us, we out here marching and stuff like that because, you know, we have nothing else. You know what I'm it's, it's, it's like pretty much like to me, it's like all we can do is say, is it show you that we good Negroes, you know what I mean? And right. and we're going to march peacefully and not cause too much of a ruckus because we're trying to show y'all that even though y'all sicking dogs on us, we still, we good Negroes. Right, right, right. And see, and see, that, and that's, that, and see, and that's the catch-22 is, yo, know, no matter how nice you are, no no matter how good you think you are, and this is this is part of the slowing of progression, when you're being good to we're we're not necessarily doing these things to make we don't do this like 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 here's the thing we're not trying to prove to each other that we're we're uh, good people which yeah. we should be you should always try to prove to your brother your sister your wife your children you're a good person though the people that are the most closest to you the people in your community that's who you show that proof to not somebody who when your back is turned they're gonna blow your heads clean off your shoulders. That's not yeah. a person you have to show and prove to. You understand? Because that person, no matter what you do, you can go back and look at the lynchings back in the day. People had on Sunday uh, dresses, Sunday suits, and they still were being lynched. They still were being hung. Nobody really cared what those people were trying to prove. You can prove yeah. that you're good all you want to, but what? Ha- how far has that gotten us? And see, that's part of that. That's part of that psyche. So if we could just shake that, if, if we could do what you were saying, if we could start building the institutions that allowed us to have the productivity to say, well, you know what? Man, brother got killed over on, on, on Martin Luther King Drive. He was unarmed. Da, 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 da. This is going to cost somebody. Tomorrow, we shutting down shipment to everywhere. Or tomorrow, financially, we're pulling our money from this bank. Because, see, this bank right here, they give the police department X amount of dollars annually. We're pulling yeah. our money from that. All our houses that are uh, financed by this bank, man, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to refinance, get everything from up under them whatsoever. Because, see, when you start talking that money, this is one thing our people are scared of doing. When you start talking that money, that's the thing that got Malcolm killed. That's the thing yeah. that got Martin killed. None of this other stuff that we think got them killed got them killed. It's the finances. Because when you start talking about creating institutions and bypassing their institutions, that's when they get truly offended. They can tell you all day long that they don't want you at their schools. They know they tell you that because you're going to go. Trust me. Don't go. Yeah. Don't go. Support your own. If we truly yeah, like wanted a, to progress fast, that's what we would do. Yeah, like to me, it's a lot of you know uppity Negroes out here that you know what I'm saying that like they get angry about you know like Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin and stuff like that, but but they don't get angry for the same reasons, right? That normal black people get angry about, right? So. Right. So so for them, they get angry because it's like, well, I've achieved in my life. I've proven that I'm a good Negro. You see right. what I'm saying? And and then when they see some some random kid get get gunned down, they think to themselves, Well, that could be my kid. You know right. what I mean? Because the police officers aren't going to stop and say, Hey, uh, is your dad a doctor? Okay, well we're not gonna shoot you. <laughs> Right. You see what I'm saying? So so that's why they're outraged. They're outraged because they can't escape of what it means to be black. Mm. 
Which which is let me bring in another caller, brother. Go ahead. Let me bring. Yeah, definitely, but let me bring in one more call here. Thank you for calling Rand Radio. Caller. Yes, yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm calling from Michigan. Yeah, the the brother's making some very good points, but you know, I'd like to make just a couple of quick observations. And uh, uh, some of the reasons, you know. Basically, the black community is like the uh, a battered wife, you know, the battered wife syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is that, well, why don't you just leave, right? And I believe that's a, a overall question of the black community. This with this uh, love hate relationship we have with European culture, right? So the question right. is, you know, well, he he only beat me twice this month. Right. So maybe there's progress. So if 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 the black community does not have the ability to leave the house, right? Mm, right. So we'll leave and go next door. Well next door is his uncle, right? Or we'll leave and right. go to the east we'll go to the east coast, right? <laughs> so right. so you're not escaping the battered wife syndrome and I think we should at least keep that in mind when we begin to be critical, you know, of the black community. And we do have a split personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the issue of eco- being economically, politically correct. Mm-hmm. In America, 90% of, and now this is key, brother, even if you say you're going to be economically, politically correct, 90% of all Africans living in America work for white folk. Mm. I mean, you know, before you ponder an answer, a quick answer, that's that's critical. No, because that means they're feeding you, right? Mm. Right. So they said, "Oh well, I'm gonna quit shopping at Walmart." Well, they'll fire your ass. Right, we we we, we right. got an answer for that. Fire all the Negroes first. Right. Or better yet, don't let the Negroes in there to get no more Coca Cola and hamburger meat. <laughs> right. It's real talk, brothers. Okay, here's my last observation. The the political consciousness, if it's alive and it's organic, it adapts, adjusts. And makes the best moves. Right. Black folk, where we lost our conscious, the life in our consciousness, whether it be political, economically, is when we turned on the concept of Pan Africanism. Mm. Meaning this. Here's what Marcus Garvey told you. He said, I've been around the planet, so I'm ready to draw a conclusion. I don't give a damn where you see one or two successful Africans in the diaspora until you see a strong Africa controlled by African people. You will not see a successful group of Africans in the diaspora anywhere. That's some powerful shit, brother. Here's what it does. It moves the bar again, saying this. Now, this is where you tie the brother's comments. You can manufacture. We can be part of manufacturing on the continent. We can control that process, and he's absolutely correct. You're going to have to be able to do two things. You're going to have to have a military to whoop his ass, right? Mm, right. You're going to have to have some that he needs, like some tobacco or sugar or something that the crackers crave it. Mm. If you can't kick his ass... And you have absolutely nothing, you produce nothing that he needs, you're not ready for war. Now, what gets us ready? It's wiggling around here in America, which we've we've done all the wiggling we can do. We try to create communities, then communities, nation within the nation. Then they've done that shit, right? Right. So where do we go now? Because we've already tried that shit. Boycotting. We're going to withhold our money. Hell, all they have to do is cut off the damn EBT cards. Right. So, so 
where's the next enlightenment of consciousness as it relates to our political, economic, and social thought? We abandoned Pan-Africanism, so where do we go now? Mm. So that's the question. You know what? You know what? I think, in my opinion, I think what we need to do is what the slaves did. We need to practice Pan-Africanism, but we just don't need to boycott. We don't need to voice it. That's not the one thing that I've noticed that we have a hard time with with dealing with this uh, this adversary who sits and plots and plans in the secret. They don't tell you nothing up front. They're doing all their things behind closed doors. Our issue is black people now. We got to tell everything, every disagreement, every way we think. We got to let the world know. Yeah, I got to take a shit. That got to go on Facebook. So we have to start asking ourselves. Can we get back to planning in secret? How the slaves would plan a revolt? You don't have to say you're Pan-African. Just be Pan-African. Do things the pan Spend your money with your people without right. telling the world you're spending your money with your people. Build institutions without telling the world that you're building institutions. You have to move like the Jews do. No one knows what the Jews do but the Jews. Get in some rooms without te- without cell phones without telephones, without laptops, without computers, sit down, practically plan this stuff out. Execute it. You have to we have to control education. We can't allow the charter schools to move into our communities. Take all the money, miseducate our children, and then turn and say that, well man, there were some black people who had them. Well, because it's black, because it's black, don't mean they're right. Because, like you're saying, brother, they're not pan-African, right? They don't care about the advancement of our people. They care about the advancement of their dollar. So we have to stop being so naive. And I think once we uh, shake our naiveness about come, how we go about doing this, I think that's the start. We got to stop being so gullible. Go ahead, brother, from Michigan. Okay, yeah, and I yeah, I agree with you, bro. I, I think we do. Those of us who say we're Pan African, I, I definitely believe, agree with you that we need to continue to work. But I, you know, it, you know, even in the European culture, you, you you never need the masses to develop a culture. That's key. You never need the masses, right? right? A masses does right. not develop a culture. That's key. You only right. need a vanguard. That's right. You only need a vanguard group. I do believe that you 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 operate in stealth. You know, I'm just I'm 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 putting it out there because you know that awakened consciousness is what it's going to take, right? So the right. entire planet, the entire planet, is spending its energy uh, trying to see what it can get out of Africa or what Africa has to offer. The right. only one who is this silly ass African in the diaspora, mm. right? This silly right. ass African. In America, in the UK, in China, right? In London, in France. The silly ass African who does not want to connect himself to the continent. And here's the other thing there ain't no fucking quick fix. Period. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We're talking about 100 years, right? Mm. And I, you know, and I ended with this here. Now, this going to sound cold, but no one can answer this question. Who told us that the African-American has to be a major player in determining how the African race moves into a global position of power? Mm. Hey, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we keep thinking we the golden child, right? right. Maybe the African made the fucking golden child. Right. You know, so that's back to, you know, those of us who are Pan-African living behind enemy lines. I, I believe you, you're absolutely right, brother. Stay in stealth mode and keep doing the work. And 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 that's, that's what I think the thing is. I I think... One of our major, well, we, I think we fell so much in love with politics. And I think that when you're politically naive, politics is the last thing you want to mix yourself up with. 
And that's where we're at. And people ask me all the time, why don't I why don't I actually do anything with politics? And I'm like, man, if I if I would do anything with politics, do you know how many black folks I would have to convince on what to do and how to do it? It's like it wouldn't even be worth it because by the time you, you explain everything to the naive folks, they'd be you know getting your throat slashed. So it's not even worth it. We don't politics ain't the key for us. We need to really figure out how can we move this ball in silence. If we're gonna take on the political, you know, if we if we're talking politics, it's only. Uh, to get a, a you know a, a a small move on the chessboard, it's not right. the checkmate. It ain't even a check. You know, yeah, a politician right. don't get you a check or a checkmate. That's right. <laughs> You're on point, bro. I, you know, I tell people, and I've been a politician. I was a low elected official. Okay. Electoral politics is the weakest. Listen to me. It's the weakest form of political power. Mm. Elect. Politics is actually the weakest form of political power. You're absolutely right. You only use electoral politics to maintain something that you've built. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And when you don't have anything that you're standing on that you're building, that's already built. And all these politicians do is they go in and they do the bidding of the people that already have stuff in place. That's all they that's do. That's right. <laughs> okay. Obama, Obama didn't do nothing for the black community. Well, I can show you evidence you don't have a black community. You know, I can quickly do that. Show me the political agenda of the black community. Mm. Show me the economic hey. agenda for the black community. Show it to me in writing. Mm. Hey, have you guys ever seen uh, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. well, I mean, like to me, it shows the game very nicely how people with power, real power and money, you know, put people in positions to be elected so they can do their bidding. You know what I mean? So. No, and that's the game. That, that, and, and you know what? And that's the game. That the game is not necessarily the, the, the man or the, the the people with power. Their face is not going to be out there for people to be telling them what to do. They're gonna hire right. somebody. They're gonna put a person in position. It was a it was a story that was written in this local paper in Chicago that I got a chance to look at back in two thousand and seven. And this paper was this Jewish paper, and they were talking about President Obama and the money they put behind him and the things that he was going to do for them. They blatantly said, hey, look, man, he's in here. He's going to move this ball forward. We got some issues in the Middle East we need to clear up. We got some people, more, some more people we want gone. You think Saddam Hussein, we want Gaddafi gone. We want some other people gone. They wanted the war with Iran badly. Like Brother said, when you ask well, you, about what he's done for black folks, there is no black agenda. Matter of fact, here's what's right. crazy. Black people will fight you faster than anybody else if you ask that question, what has President Obama done for black folks? Now, right. just think about that. Hey, a, a slave, it's like a dog. A dog mad at you because you're questioning its master on the treatment of the dog. And I'm not even <laughs> saying that President Obama is the master. It's the political system that's the master. It has nothing to do with President Obama because he's just like every other African-American. He's a slave to the system. He's doing what he's well, been told. Well, you, you, look at, you, look at, you look at the powerlessness of the Congressional Black Caucus, right? Mm. So this is supposed to be your cream of the crop as it relates to your political leadership within this European culture. So right. you, spend, you spend six, seven months pounding the pavement to get one of them elected and you thinking that they're representing you. But here's what the culture turns, the European culture turns right around and does, right? It'll go meet with the brothers and say, hey, okay, we need this done here. And you got two options. We can give you a brown paper bag with a million dollars in it and you can vote this way or we're going to whoop your ass. Mm. Now, mm. you absolutely, you can't provide any threat to a black elected official, and you haven't amassed the organization of money where you can say, well, we're going to offer you a million too, and we're going to whoop your ass. <laughs> right. 
See, so that's why when you when you get deep into European politics, that's what makes it the weakest because they have so many Trump cards they can play once you put somebody up there, right? Right. That's too many Trump cards. Take this money or take this bullet. You choose. <laughs> and in most cases, the black folk gonna take that paper bag. Yeah, because nobody wants nobody wants to die, and you know right. that that's the thing to me to me as you know checking out how we've played this game so foolishly. Right. We don't truly understand that. We 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 don't really understand that the more we've given up our mom and pop businesses. The more we've kind of told our children, hey, you don't need to go to Grambling. Why don't you go to Georgetown? Man, John Thompson right. coaches the damn team. He ain't, he ain't the face of Georgetown. It's some cracker to run Georgetown. Right. <laughs> he ain't a black school. You know, you know that, that's just how it works. And, and, we, and we kept falling for, oh, Jordan is playing in North Carolina. Oh, that means don't send your kids to the HBCU that goes to uh, the, the, uh, that's in North Carolina. You just send them over to the Tar Heels where they'll fake for them African-American studies just so they can get an easy A. The slap on the face right. of that. You know, the you slap know, on the face I, of that. And then it's... Go ahead, brother. I was on the show, I was on the show but I told, you know, they was uh, celebrating because their sister – you know, took her ass up on that flagpole and pulled off that Confederate flag. I right. said, now what we should have was whooped her ass. They said, now you go put them white folks' flag back up there. That ain't none of our business. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, 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 we get sidetracked too easy, man. Fuck them flags, man. Let them folks fly their flags, man. We operating in stealth mode. We know who they are. Let them fly their Confederate flags. This day shit. We understand that. No, you know what? And that's the whole thing. Because as long as we keep fighting over the trivial stuff, right? The small that's teams, my point. The flag destroying okay. destroying symbols of power isn't the same thing as destroying the power that's behind the symbols. <laughs> exactly. See, and that's what they want. I was watching this CNN show uh, last year. Tim Wise was on. It was him. It was Tim Wise. I think it was brother, um, young brother Lamont Hill, and his white lady, and I, and I want to end the show on this. This, this is this is really where we're at as a people, and this is how naive we are. The white lady, they were talking about racism. It was right after the, you know the Mike Brown uh, situation, and and the white lady said, "Well, in the end, it won't matter. Ten years from now, everybody will be beige." The what white folks want. And what black folks are going to give them, they want to make you foolishly believe that somehow because they sleep in the bed with you, they've changed. Because they'll hit a picket line with you or because they'll march with you in a protest. Man, the hippies did that already in the 60s and 70s. And what happened? The hippies, when they got tired of being with the black folks, they decided that they was going to go head up Wall Street. They was going to be in charge of the banks. And they did the exact same things that they were protesting against. Think I'm lying? Look up the history of John Kerry. You want to go back? Go back and look at people love Joe Biden. Oh, Joe's such a good guy. Joe's so funny. Go look up the congressional hearings on the CIA putting crack in the black community. John Kerry, Joe Biden both. You know, these folks, black folks love so much because we love Democrats so much. Go look at their behavior of those hearings. Go look at how they pretty much knew what they were doing to our people. They're some wicked folks. And if we're going to truly progress, we do have to stop looking at this, these symbolisms and saying, oh, well, we knocked the flag down. I don't give a damn if Louisiana just said that they're going to take down the Confederate flag. I just read that we're in Louisiana. Now, y'all brothers, one, one brother said he was from Georgia, another brother from Michigan. Now, two, Michigan is going through a whole other thing. Go back and check out what they're doing in Louisiana. If you are on parole, no, I'm sorry, if you are out on bond or bail, they go back and appraise the house that you put up. If the house has dropped below value, they will revoke your bail and throw you in jail. I've never heard of that happening ever before. 
Why would I care about a Confederate flag? Your system is crooked, whether you fly the American flag or the Confederate flag. The issue ain't the symbolism. The issue is you're crooked. Y'all brothers, I want to thank y'all for coming on, man. Hey, it has been a fun show. We only did an hour today. I'm trying to uh, get out here and do some things for my class. But, hey, uh, both of you brothers, man, I hope y'all tune in next week. I got a, a fun, fun show, man. This is, we're going to talk some more about what's going on around the country. Uh, we got some things going on in Minneapolis that I, I definitely want to bring Brother Adrian Mack back on. But I appreciate y'all calling in listening to the show. I know Lanisha's out there listening. Thank you as well. Uh, it's been real. It's Rat Radio for this Thursday. You know if it's Thursday and it's 7 p.m. Central, we ran. Peace, y'all.